Let's wind back to 1983. Mario Brothers was released on Nintendo and the first mobile phone was sold by Motorola. At the same time, Scott Cook was watching his wife trying to balance the books at home in California just using paper. Remember, everyone in America has to file tax returns. Scott decided to do something about it, creating a software called Quicken, which made his wife's job much easier. In 1992, QuickBooks was born, and the company behind it, which Scott founded, was called Intuit. Wind forward to today, Scott is a billionaire, and QuickBooks is the biggest financial management software in the world. The reason that they're number one is they make it really easy for companies to take care of their finances, from sole traders to enterprise and growth-minded businesses in between. So, If you want better control and visibility of your company's finances, from invoicing to forecasting, then head to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. That's quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. There's a lot in culture, in the entrepreneurship culture about, you know, just get up and hustle and, and get back on it and failure after failure after failure is good. Yes, failure is good. Yes, failure is really valuable. But sometimes it takes time to process those lessons and to be able to look back with clarity and to not be clouded by the emotions of that, of that failure. That's Gareth Atkinson talking about his experience of failure with the Yorkshire Meatball Company, which claimed to be the UK's first specialist meatball company. They won awards, were listed as one of the UK's top 100 startups, and ended up being stocked in 300 supermarkets across the country. So, what went wrong? From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we learn a lot more from failure than success, but we hardly ever hear about it. We're changing that, with the help of more entrepreneurs like Gareth sharing their worst moments. Gareth founded the Yorkshire Meatball Company with his father. They recognised a gap in the market for a premium meatball product and initially focused on entering the restaurant business. But like all good entrepreneurs, they wanted to keep their options open. Our strapline, I think, was proper balls, no fuss. The idea was that very consciously from day one, we build a brand that has the potential and the scope to stretch into other markets. And really, that's where my expertise lies. I work in brand, I work in marketing strategy. And it took about two years. We, we managed to get investments, and we launched our, our first restaurant in 2014 in Harrogate. We worked with a third business partner who was a three-rosette chef. He'd been on Great British Menu and an absolute expert in, in the kitchen, and he worked to come up with the recipe. So really high-quality, tasty food, but no fuss. And it went really well. So within our first year in Harrogate, we, we won Best Newcomer in the, in the Local Hospitality Awards. We were listed in the startups top 100 in our first year and subsequently had, had the, the following two years maintained our, our listings. Won a number of different uh, awards, but trying to build a really strong financial model for the business whilst also trying to manage a, a very volatile staffing environment was a real challenge so it it became a real challenge we started to explore other avenues for 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 how we might be able to grow the business if the first unit in isolation wasn't going to provide us with the funds to to be able to scale at that point we were approached by a, a hospitality hotel group 
looking to, to bring a concept into their new hotel in York City Centre. So seemed like a, a really great opportunity for us to, to grow the business. And again, I think yeah, a, a very challenging launch. I think very different businesses. We were a small startup looking to scale. They were a very established hospitality business and very different culture within the teams. A hotel food service team that were very used to high volume, uh, very sort of templated approach to, to the food and drink. And from our side, a very small team, but very passionate about high quality and very passionate about the experience that surrounded the product. And it became clear fairly quickly that, that the relationship wasn't going to work out. And we parted ways on, uh, you know, polite terms. Fair to say, I think a very challenging period for us. We were, we were running out of cash and had to start to look at sourcing further investment. They had to look for another avenue to try to grow their business. One of the things we'd always been interested in was the premium branded product for supermarkets, so for food retail. And we'd, we'd been having discussions and product development initiatives all along whilst running the restaurant in Harrogate. And we'd sourced a, um, a butcher who would be able to produce the product to our specification, to our recipe, package that product and deliver it through to supermarkets for us. And we ended up getting initial interest from Morrison's. I can't remember the exact number. I believe um, it was around about 100 stores to begin with. And that was a number of stores in Yorkshire and then around London. And we launched into about 100 Morrison stores. Over the course of um, a year or so, we got it up to about 300 stores, which was about across both Morrison's and Tesco's. So we, we managed to secure some substantial listings for a startup food business. The challenge when you launch into the big multiples is that it is all about trial. It is all about getting somebody to pick that pack up off the shelf the first time. And we had the we had the highest repeat rate. So we got we get a lot of data through and it showed that of all of the pre-packaged meat products, sausages, burgers, meatballs, we had the highest repeat rates, but we had the lowest trial rate. So once someone picked up the product, they were buying it again and again. We just couldn't get them to pick the product up that first time. People weren't used, weren't used to paying a premium price for meatballs. And it's just a product that they weren't used to purchasing. They needed money to promote their product. Okay, not an uncommon situation for entrepreneurs to find themselves in. But what you don't know is that a year before this point, just as they were launching into supermarkets, they had a big issue with the restaurant in Harrogate. We got to the to the point in our journey where we were about to launch into um, 100 or so Morrison stores. But at the same time as that, things in, in Harrogate and our restaurant were becoming really challenging. Um, and on our street, we were ideally placed between the train station, the cinema and the centre of town. So we had a lot of footfall coming past us, um, but we were right on the edge of the, the town centre. And Harrogate, when we opened our restaurant there was really a mecca of independent food so it was full of independent restaurants and i think there were only two chain restaurants when we we initially opened there as it transpired a cinema complex opened at the end of our street and it had 13 chain restaurants that opened in it and things were already becoming challenging 
in terms of maintaining staffing levels the the whole of the the restaurant industry was going through a real staffing shortage at the time and 13 chain restaurants opened and over a period of two weeks we went from 23 staff to three so we were faced with a decision we had to make which was either we close the restaurant we rehire an entirely new team however long that takes but we also had the the launch into supermarkets to contend with and and we had to make a decision where to place that focus so we took um, the decision i think we were about three and a half years into into trading in harrogate at the time decided to to sunset that restaurant and we we, we, we placed all of our focus in the the food retail product but we had the challenge that it costs so much to sunset the restaurant that we were left with very limited cash reserves to then promote the product that we had in supermarkets. And this is despite, I guess, a piece of the puzzle I didn't didn't mention is a crowdfunding round. So we managed to crowdfund about 110, £115,000 I believe to support the launch of the products into supermarkets. That was before we were hit with the challenges in Harrogate. So the cash we had built up to support us with that launch, a lot of that unfortunately got absorbed in winding up the Harrogate to Harrogate premises. So we didn't have the, the money, unfortunately, to invest enough to build enough scale for the buyers to return to retain the product on the shelves much beyond the first year. And um, about four and a half, four and a half years into trading, unfortunately, we had to take the decision to, to close the business, sadly and um a really challenging time of course but heaps of lessons learnt you know multiple markets entered and multiple challenges dealt with in, in in both fields really what has gareth taken away from this failure what we did well i think very consciously from day one we designed the brand and the messaging that surrounded that so that it would allow us to scale into different markets and it would allow us to pivot if we had to and we did have to and i think if we hadn't built the brand in to, to allow for that we would have been in trouble a lot sooner than we were and we attracted a lot of attention and investment i believe because of the brand people saw the potential in the brand rather than seeing it as just a single unit to begin with but there are you know there are several things that that we, that we could have done differently the, the most important I believe is really ensuring that you understand the economics of a market or a business model before you, you, you jump in head first. We've both been within business before and I'd worked within a restaurant before for many years, but I, I'd never managed one. And I don't think we understood in enough detail the margins that truly we could expect to receive. And, and in restaurants, you know, the margins are wafer thin. And we were both incredibly passionate about food and maybe skipped a step there in terms of learning from those who had been there and failed and succeeded before. And then not being distracted by what's next. That was both our savior and a, and a downfall in a way. We had the, the restaurant at Harrogate, but we were always thinking about the franchise, the potential of a franchise. And we were always thinking about the potential of supermarket products. And the way it turned out was that the franchise actually was a, a real distraction that took us away from solving the challenges we were faced with in the initial units. We unfortunately partnered with a, a franchisee who didn't share the same values, didn't share the same ways of working and, and actually caused us a lot more 
challenges rather than helping us to solve something. But, you know, the, the supermarket product actually wasn't a distraction. So I think it's about like, trying to really look at each opportunity that comes your way and, and, and really try and dig beneath the skin of it before committing to figure out, is this going to be a distraction or is, it, is this actually, you know, a potential pivot? Learning from your mistakes makes you stronger. And a now wiser Gareth is currently exploring the launch of a new venture, a mobile fundraising platform in the world of sport. But whilst he can look back and see the positives of experience now, it hasn't always been so easy. When I launched it, I was 24, still fairly young. And um, found it very challenging to, to, to come back from. It took a good couple of years to kind of process and it left me in a, a, you know, a challenging financial position, which has taken years to, to work through. And I've not had a single meatball since closing the business. You know, it was a really, it was a really challenging uh, process for me to go through personally, closing the business. I'd always wanted to start a business. And I think it took, took me those years to be able to see it as, as what it was, you know, which I now look back on it very fondly as a, as a really valuable period of my life and and i really appreciate having learned so many lessons about business quite young which i i'm now taking forward into my to my next venture but it was a it was it was a real challenge another important lesson there from gareth it doesn't always feel easy after a failure but with time it does almost always get better If you want to share the lessons you learned from your own failure story, we want to hear from you. Email us on hello at secretleaders.com with a few bullets explaining what happened. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series exploring failure, setbacks, and how they impact success. Give us a follow on your podcast app and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.